Hello, everybody. On Facebook Live, on, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever you are watching or listening from, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, today, the love doctor is in the house. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is the deep end. <laughs> this is the deep end podcast. Oh, hello, back. We're back. That's yes, good. I forgot that the intro is very short now. <laughs> Let us know in the comments where you're watching from, Facebook watchers. Yes. Welcome in. This is Bible study in your time. We call it the deep end here at Waters Church. I'm your host, Tim. And with me in the studio is Noah Aguiar. It's happening. Woo! And Noah is our junior youth director. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> many, many moons it has been known as Junior Elevate, but soon to be known as... Activate. Ooh. Activate. Yeah, Just put the mic a little closer to your mouth when you talk there, Noah. Yes, absolutely. There we go. It, it's Noah's first time. <laughs> Noah's so first time on the yeah. podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thank welcome, you. welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad yeah. to be here. And we've got, uh, of course, Chris McEwen. You guys know him. Some of you love him. <laughs> one maybe a few yeah yeah <laughs> i'm feeling confident for you today. Oh, well, thank you thank <laughs> you the love doctor is speaking the love doctor is in the house there we go all right the reason why the love doctor is in the house is because we are talking about first corinthians chapter 13 and mm. uh going verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the book of first corinthians brings us finally to the love chapter mm. the love chapter if there's one thing that america is in love with it is in love with love. That's true. <laughs> or you have no shortage of love songs. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. 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 Oh yeah, Barry. <laughs> Sing it, Barry. We were talking about this just a little while ago. Whenever I listen to Barry White, I feel dirty. <laughs> I feel I feel like I shouldn't be listening to this song. It's yeah, just well, icky. <laughs> maybe that's your conviction, and you need to follow. Good that. music, but yeah. icky. <laughs> <laughs> well, with my wife, not so icky, but you know, okay, out in public, icky. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know we're going to get into First Corinthians thirteen, and let's take a look at it. First uh, Corinthians thirteen. I'm going to read it, and then we will talk about this passage of scripture. It was a very cool passage, and one of the most um, eloquent, uh, one of the most poetic. Mm. passages of scripture that you will ever find. And I think we all heard it before. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this. Uh, here's what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith as to remove, as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will cease away. Or pass away, sorry. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I, know, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Yes. All right. Noah, you are getting married soon. Ooh. Yes, I am. So you're all about love right now. Yeah. All right. Let's get the love bug. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, your uh, fiance's name's Dallas. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. She's not from Dallas. No. That's but. always the joke, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, your wedding day is? July 7th. July 7th. Wow. Congratulations. So coming real quick. Right around yeah. the corner. Mm -hmm. So you know what would be obviously like on the nose today is to say, well, it's a good thing you're here, Noah, because this is the love chapter of the Bible. Mm, very true. <laughs> but the first thing that I want to say about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is that this text is not... A wedding text. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. You know? Like yeah. When Paul opens this text, he's not saying, okay, let's get to marriage. Love is patient. <laughs> Love is kind. Right, you know? right. And it is in the context of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and 14, which are dealing with spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And Paul, after unpacking the list of gifts in chapter 12, and will, what, we, what he will do in chapter 14, which is unpack the how 
to administer the gifts in chapter 14. Right. Right smack dab in the middle is chapter 13, which is about love. Love. And he's basically not trying to say, uh, husbands and wives, here's how you love each other. Okay. He's saying, body of Christ, here's the number one thing that should undergird the gifts of the Holy Spirit as they operate among you. Totally different from how most people take it. Totally different. Yeah. Like we are just big time classic, you know, cutting pasters or cutting lifters out of the text, out of the biblical. Let me find a passage that I really want to hear <laughs> and I will take it off the page and I will use it for what I want to believe it for. And, right. you know, this is what, this is the value of going verse by verse and chapter by chapter yeah. through a book of the Bible. That's good. Because we start to see, oh, that's the context. The context. Yeah. And that's the argument he's exactly. making. And that's how we apply that. Right. Mm. But it's, it's funny. Every wedding I've been to or been involved with uses that passage. I, every yeah, wedding. Absolutely. And, and, I, and nobody knows. Now you can continue to use it at your weddings. It's a wonderful text about love. Mm-hmm. And it should be used in the context of marital love. I understand that. And it's talking about what love is. And we want you to love one another as husbands and wives out there. But just to understand the context is to help build the church because ultimately the church is the priority of Jesus. Uh, Your marriage is valuable and your marriage is um, what God wants for you if you are in marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Man and woman together forever, one man, one woman, right? That's God's desire. But the context of this text is the Corinthians had a problem and the problem was the church was not acting in love. Right. 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 And they had so many gifts. And it's, it's kind of ironic that this church had become so gifted and yet so unloving. Wow. Yeah. It, it, he opens up 1 Corinthians by saying, you guys excel in every gift. Like you, or he says, actually, in chapter 1, he says, you, you lack no gift. Wow. Like, think about a church. All the gifts are there. All the gifts are there. Oh, the hell people awesome. are yeah. talented. People are charismatic. You know, people are getting healed, uh, healed and delivered and prophecies. Prophecies. Yeah, right. And all yeah. this stuff is happening. And you think, I want to be a part of that church. Yeah. Right. But what happens when a church gets tremendously gifted is sometimes pride sets in. Yeah. That's a true. sense that's of very we're, we're very important puffed here. Up, right. We get puffed up, right? And he said that actually in 1 Corinthians 8 1. Love, uh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Yeah. That's so yep. in the context of 1 Corinthians, Paul puts the love chapter there because though the Corinthians were extremely gifted, they were not very loving. Mm. And so it's just builds on all that we've talked about with the Corinthian problem. They use the Lord's Supper for their own selfish ambitions. They use their spiritual gifts for their own selfish ambitions. Mm. They use their uh, preferences for who they liked preaching the word for their own selfish ambitions. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, so this is a church that had serious flaws because it lacked love. Right. Interestingly enough, while he opens up with the saying that you lack no gift, lack no spiritual gift, he will end in First Corinthians sixteen by saying. Uh, uh, do, uh, be devoted to brotherly love. Okay. So, yeah. you know, the end of the story is this is what you do: love one yeah, another. That's yes. good. It's great that you're that's gifted, good. but love one another. And church, and Waters Church, and those of you listening, other Christians from other churches, is hey, it's great if you want to be gifted, and you are gifted, and I believe every church, Christian has a gift, but love one another. Yeah, the right. point of the gift is to express God's love for one another. Right. That's good. So I got two big ideas, and we will unpack this passage. Uh, the big idea, number one, is becoming loving is becoming loving people is far more important than being gifted people. Mm. Yeah. You know, being a loving church is good far point. more important than being a gifted church. And I think that if we can kind of see God's priority structure as opposed to our priority structure, uh, we will be challenged in this text. Yeah. We live in a culture in America. Where talent is king. Oh, yeah. So true. Talent is huge. Yeah. If you have lots of talent, you're going to do well in this country. Yeah, you might win a prize on a TV show even. Yeah, you might win a prize <laughs> on a TV show. In other countries, it's about like, who is your family? Yeah. Yeah. That's or true. What's, what caste are you in? You know, like in the Hindu culture or the Indian mm-hmm. country, country uh, India uh, culture. Uh, it is case system, class systems. And I'm not saying that those are better options. Right, right, right. (laughs) In any culture, in any context, there's going to be some kind of classification system that puts you in a in a hole or in a box somewhat right, and says right. that's who you are. Yeah. It seems to me that in America and especially capitalistic countries, you know, free, you would say free market countries, talent does that. For it's people. true. And yeah. so many different forms of talent, right? Yeah. You know, good at business or just good at spinning yeah. plates on a 
thing. I don't know. I've seen. Yeah, the pencil or whatever. I'm, I'm thinking like America's Got Talent or yeah. something like that. You see all this different. And yeah, that brings me talent. to my next point: was that how many talent shows do we see on no. television? Oh, <laughs> so many, way too many. So when, and, we, when you and I were growing up, it was. Uh, Star Search. Star Search. Yes, we're Ed giving McMahon. our age. Star Search. Does anyone remember that out there in Facebook? Land? Shane yeah. Parsons slash Eggman <laughs> man over there. Yeah. But yeah, I did no. love that show, and it was for that. You got to see different talents that you didn't normally see. Oh, yeah. Mm. It was cool. But today, there's like four. At least. You can't keep up. <laughs> well, you got it's and, all And there's singing. been so many that have been canceled already. True. Oh, yeah. The Voice, America's Good Talent. Um, American Idol. American Idol. Which was canceled and brought back. And X even Factor. the name X, X, X Factor. Factor. That's, that's been canceled, but it yeah. was there. Dancing with the Stars. Dan that's still on, I believe. Or as I like to say, Dancing with the Used to Be has <laughs> Stars. <laughs> yeah, used right. to be stars. D-list stars. I mean, um, uh, yeah, the X Factor. America's Got Talent. And, and then, uh, you know, then you have the award shows. Oh. Which, don't get oh, me started. Me Oof. neither. Yeah, I hate Hollywood. Hate. Let's celebrate doing our job and getting awards for doing our job. Why can't we just have one award show? I'm all for awards. I like awards. Mm. What, what about one? Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. The, I, I, so I looked this up. There are uh, a global list on Wikipedia that shows about 400 what? award shows wow. for the oh, entertainment man. industry. For wow. The that's ridiculous. And you can go to that Wikipedia page yourself. But the U.S., of course, is the top country oh, with yeah. 92 award yeah. ceremonies. I think we film. need more. I think we need a couple one, more. One, yeah. Maybe let's get a hundred. Yeah, 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 there you go. It's yeah. a solid number. But they yeah. do. We're they just eight shy. But they they call it a season. We it's award, award season. season. Like yeah, the yeah. whole they get three months of this. 30, 35 televised award shows. Oh wow. man, in award season. Yeah, I'm gonna DVR them There's, all. And, uh, and what I get this is a kicker. There's even an award show for sports. Right, like, ESPN thought, has one. Yeah, I yeah. thought winning the championship there was you go. the award. There you yeah. go, or the big, big fat paycheck <laughs> well, at the, the end of the year. What's the debate? Like the best team's the one that won the Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, so how do you make that? The best the... team is what? If the best team wins, I think that's the best team. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> they made it, and but, your reward is the 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 ring that you get at the end, yeah. the trophy. It yeah. is the it is the trophy generation. You know, I mean, what that's can you good. say? Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's just kind of ironic that those who need so much attention by being in front of people on stage or on screen they need awards to make sure that they are recognized for being in front of people right you know where's the award <laughs> show i mean this is you know everybody likes to throw this out there but i do want to throw it out there where's the award show for greatest uh teacher yeah on, on television i know that they it's have so these true. awards there, yeah. there are these right awards but they out don't there. broadcast They're them not broadcast yeah well i'd rather see the award show for the best uh award show Where's that? Where's that? Yes. No, but I get what you're saying. What about the firemen, the policemen, the the teachers? You know, where's their public servant? Yeah. The military officer. How about that? Or the enlisted officer? Whatever you want to say. You know. I mean, this. There are so many people that we should be honoring, and because in America talent is God, talent is almost like this cultural idol. You are defined by and boxed in by, for good or for bad. A lot of times in America, your talents. Uh, this must never be the case for the church. The church has got to yeah. be cultural witness and cultural contrast. So this is one of the reasons, uh, Waters Church people, why you will never hear us uh, announce who's going to be preaching on the weekend. Yeah, mm. You will never hear us uh, announce a big time speaker coming in to you know wow, wow, uh, wow us and razzle and dazzle us because right. it's not about who's preaching the word of God. It's exactly. about what's being preached. It's so true. It's yeah. yeah. The word of God is number one mm -hmm. in the, in the kingdom of God in terms of how does, how do people come to faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word mm -hmm. of God. You know, the word of God empowers us and speaks to us. It challenges us. It changes us. It reforms us. It rebukes us. It corrects us. It teaches us and trains us. And it is the thing that equips us to be well-equipped for every good work. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, right? Amen. So that's why we don't tell you who's preaching next week, and that's why we don't like comments like, "Oh, I wish Pastor Tim was preaching." And I, you know, my flesh they likes do that. Say that every week. Well, my yeah. flesh loves that. Sure, comment, yeah. but you know, the spirit call the the call of God on me is no. It's not about me preaching. It's about are you hearing the word of God, mm -hmm. right? And that trickles down all the way down to what we're doing in kids as well. I mean, mm -hmm. we have people. Are you doing the lesson? Are you right. the one? And it's not about that. It's this discipleship. It's getting other people in there to say the same message. You know, the same saving grace yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And plus, it all comes from it. I mean, you raise up new leaders and new speakers all the time. All the time. There's going to be new speakers coming even as I speak. We've got new ones coming along, and we're looking forward to seeing them thrive yeah. in Amen. ministering the Word of God. More the better. So, Paul, this is the point that Paul's making. Don't make an idol out of talent because 
There's an old adage in the church, uh, in ministry, and you hear this at pastor's conferences a lot. I want to share it because it's such a cool uh, statement. Uh, Talent can bring you where character can't keep you. Mm. Talent can bring you where character can. You can, through your talents, rise up to the highest ranks of your industry. Right. But if there's no character, if there's nothing underlying that, you know, integrity, honesty, uh, faithfulness to God's purity mm-hmm. and righteousness and honor for your fellow man. Sure. Case in point, name a name in the Me Too mo- movement right now. Right. And, and by that, a uh, name being the people accused because sure. these people were exceedingly gifted and talented yeah. and their character was lacking. Yeah. yeah. And, and now so it's they're being called out left and right. It took a long time for some of them. Mm-hmm. And we all have made mistakes and we all are sinners. I understand that. But there are some people that never confront those demons inside of them yeah mm. there there are some people they never confess man this is what my problem is and sometimes you can get to that level of leading and you get to that level of importance if in the eyes of the world and it's almost like you you think you've deserved the right to have those dalliances right. yep. and those faults right and how dare you challenge me because look at where i've come yeah but your talent never justifies you before god right it is the grace of god through the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. That's why it is not of works that you cannot boast. So any talented Christians out there have got to constantly remind themselves mm-hmm. that it is not about your talent. It is about the God who called you by Amen. his grace. Amen. Well, it, he's the one who gives us the talent, isn't he? He gives us the talent. Right. That's right. So that's good to remember, I would think. But yeah. most importantly, Paul says, okay, to the Corinthians, love. This is how you go after those spiritual gifts. And so in the context of 1 Corinthians, this is why it's, again, Important to read the Bible in context. Mm. The context is, Corinthians, your greatest spiritual gifts. Fantastic. You don't even lack any. However, this is how you pursue those excellent gifts. That's the last verse in the, in the previous chapter. And now I'll show you the most excellent way to pursue spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And then he gets into the love chapter, the love, the, the love, the love talk. Now, the, the thing that you have to um, understand is, where does love come from? Love comes from God. And, right. I, and I mean true love, right. real love. Right. Not not lust, <laughs> mm-hmm. not the infatuation love that we're familiar with as we're dating people. That's there's a kind of love for that, but that's a different kind of love than God's love. The Bible says in Romans five five, God's love has been poured into our hearts through mm. the Holy Spirit, who He has given to us. Mm. And so we, as Christians, and again, confessing Christians who believe Jesus died and rose again for their sins, right and have placed their faith in him. You receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He comes, takes up residence in your body, and with him comes the love of God poured out into your heart. Amen. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So the big idea, number two, is this. Okay, God's love in us must undergird God's, lo- God's gifts through us. Mm. Right. Yeah, what's more important? The love of God undergirds the gifts of God yeah. mm-hmm. so that we don't get so talented. We don't have that love for people. Right. right. What good is it if somebody can really preach the house on fire, but they don't love the people they're preaching to? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. What Absolutely. good is it if a person Dangerous. can sing like an opera star, but there's no love for that mm-hmm. person that they're singing and leading in worship and name the gifts and we can go down the list. But what good is your gift if there's no love for the person that you're supposed to be sharing? The gift isn't for you. The gift is for the people that you're doing it for. Right, exactly. And and one of the things that I tell you guys all the time when I'm uh, getting you guys ready to preach on the weekend is that at the end of the present, at the, at the end of preparation, the question you got to ask is, mm-hmm. does this help? Does it help? Yep. Absolutely. Does Huge. this help people? Does this help God's people grow? Right. Does right. it help them heal? Does it help them be bold, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. But you've got to preach the word with the intention of helping God's people. Otherwise, it's just a performance. Yeah, right. you need that burden. That all burden. The time. That, yeah. That's the word I was thinking of when you said that, you know, have that burden. And that burden comes from love, right? That burden comes yeah, from love. Love, love given to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just for a reference, uh, any questions in the uh, podcast this week? We are going to take questions at the end going forward mm. from now on. So the questions come at the and if you want to fill, ask a question, go ahead. We'll, we'll address them at the end. So let's get into this chapter a little bit more in detail. The first three verses, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries, if I have faith and I can move mountains. And he says, if I, have, if I could have all those gifts, mm-hmm. right? And again, the Corinthians, 
the Corinthians number one favorite gift was well no oh. their number one favorite gift was tongues and yeah. prophecy and probably faith you know it's funny I was raised in the Pentecostal church mm-hmm. and yep. I say this all the time but those three gifts are like the the the, the three the the holy grail of yeah the rock star gifts. right the yeah. rock star gifts oh he speaks in tongues and he prophesies oh and he has faith yeah. he has faith he can name it claim it you know, all that <laughs> uh-huh. and so Paul says look I could have those gifts coming out of my ears mm-hmm. but without love I'm nothing and he's like. Right. He's not, uh, without love, I'm not there yet. He says, without love, I am nothing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so we've got to be aware of the fact that there are such a thing. No, a good point. Mm. Rock star gifts. Okay. Just because there's a rock star gift doesn't mean there's a rock star heart for people. Mm -hmm. Amen. So the sad state, (laughs) the sad state of affairs for those who feel their awards uh, here matter is Paul says, if you've got all, uh, if you get all those talents that people award you for, but you don't really love people, it doesn't matter. Doesn't, no. It actually doesn't matter. So then he says in verse um, three, if I give up all I have, if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Now he even takes it up a notch. Wow. He says, even if I give my life for what I believe in, mm-hmm. he said, if I give up all I have, if I live one of those self-sacrificial monastic kind of life, poverty, yeah. vow of poverty kind of lifestyles, right. and I don't have love, that also means nothing. Right. Changes the game. Yeah, yeah it which really is does. Like kind of interesting because in America, we will either deify the person with rock star talents or we will deify the person who lives a, a very aesthetic lifestyle. Right. Oh, look at how spiritual they are. Yeah. They give everything up and they don't, enjoy anything and they you know <laughs> they oh. are basically monks or nuns to yep. the glory of god i'm not yeah. picking on monks or nuns because there's some real ones out there i'm not mm-hmm. saying that but i'm just saying the appearance of oh wow look at how selfless yeah. they are it's yeah. the martyr like the yeah, martyr the, spirit the thought of it you know like oh i'm doing this for yeah. everyone but it almost reminds me of the pharisees praying in public you know yeah and, and I fast twice it. a week I right give, look at me I, look at me look at me yeah i give yeah. a tenth of all i make to you and all that kind of stuff and god says hey stop preaching stop praying about yourself right mm. And so it's very possible, Christians, to be a very generous person, to lay down your life, to do all these things, to do all these Christian-style things, Mm. type things, and still not have love. And think about this, giving up your body for what you believe in. I remember September 11th, 2001, Muslim jihadists took planes over and gave up their bodies for what they believed in. And there was zero love involved. Right. Exactly. The only love that those guys had was love for themselves. That's a great example the, of what the, Paul was talking about. The promise yeah. of 72 virgins waiting for them in the afterlife, which is a bunch of nonsense. That's mm-hmm. not love? No. No, that's no. not love. Okay. That's yeah. self-love. I was going to switch <laughs> religions real quickly, but <laughs> those, no, I'm back. <laughs> those guys are in the afterlife. They're just not the one they thought they were getting. Ooh. It's very sad. Yeah. Now, let's talk about love, too, because in the word love, today in America, and especially in the English language, we can say we love almost anything, mm. but it's not the same love. Yeah. I love my wife. But my love for my wife is not the same love that I have for my kids. And my love for my kids mm. is not the same that love that I have for you guys Bria, over here. And my, my love for my, my uh, kids and for you guys and for my wife is not the same as my love for pizza. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, we'd have Ooh, a serious lunch. problem yeah. on our hands. I love pizza. I love my kids. But the word in English <laughs> is so broad, the yeah. semantic range of yeah. the word love, so broad. In the Greek world, it was a different story. They had four words for love. Mm-hmm. So I, many of you have already probably heard this. Eros, which means refers to erotic love. That's where we get the word erotic from. Right. Or sexual love. Plato said it was also just uh, the love of beauty. Mm. Okay. So if you love a, like a painting or if you love a sonnet or you love, I don't know, whatever you love out there. Mm. Uh, you love a sky, uh, landscape, whatever. Yeah, mm. you could have some kind of eros love for that. Uh, love of beauty. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's number two, philia, which I think we all know. Brotherly love. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the name Philadelphia, city of brotherly Oh, yeah, that's love. right. That's yep. right. Then there's storge, which is present, uh, I'm sorry, Parental love, mm. parental oh, love, okay. and it also can refer to children's love for their parents. Okay. So there's storge, but then the last one, agape, mm-hmm. and agape in the Bible is the word that always uh, is always attributed to God. This is God's kind of love for man. Right. So very important when God, when Paul says that you got to have love in you in order to see the gifts wa- uh, work through you, he's not talking about just uh, philia love mm-hmm. or um, Storge love. He's talking about that agape love. The word agape is the word throughout 1 Corinthians 13 because it's God's love imparted into you. Mm. It is not love that comes from your will. It is not love that comes from you trying really hard to love because Mm. you can't. That's right. This is divine love imparted into you by a work of the Holy Spirit and 
in no place are we expected to drum up this love. I'm going to tell you at the end of this podcast how to receive the love of God, Ooh. how to pursue it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Mm. But we're not going to do that just yet because I want to show you some more things about how our loves must, how that love that God gives us through the Holy Spirit must undergird our work for others and our activity in the church. Mm. So verse four, he says, and he starts to describe it. Love, and we've heard this, patient, kind, not envy, not boastful, not arrogant, not rude. It doesn't insist on its own ways, not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, rejoices with the truth. Okay, I've got seven tests for the gifts that you use in the church or in your life to, to minister God's goodness and kindness into people's lives. I got seven tests for how you know you're operating in that gift under or in the love of God. That's really important. Yeah. 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 So let's get started, right? Yeah. Number one, the love of God flows through us in our gifts when we are patient in regard to their use. Mm. He Ooh. says love is patient. So sometimes you will be used by God in huge ways, Christian, mm-hmm. and it'll seem like you're clicking on all the cylinders, finding on all the cylinders, everything's moving, wow, 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 look at how God is using me, wow, 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 I'm in the top of my game, I'm really peaking in my performance here as a gift, gifted man or woman of God, but then there's going to be times where you're not in those seasons, right? when you're kind of placed on the proverbial shelf, mm. and it seems like God isn't using you, and you aren't being uh, challenged in using your gifts and you feel like you're doing nothing. Right. Please, please, please do not mistake that for you've lost the faith or God's given up on you or yep. your time is done and it's over. Yeah. Sometimes God takes his best people and mm. puts them on a shelf. Mm. Yeah. Moses was put on a shelf for 40 years wow. yeah. in the wilderness. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, this is how it goes uh, for many uh, seasons of many Christians' lives. I've been there. Mm. And uh, you will be there too. So will you have patience? I, the love of God says, be patient. Mm. Be patient with this gift. It's not your gift and it's not for you. And it's not for your self-justification or self, you know, significance mantra. Like this doesn't make you, your gift doesn't make you significant. Christ's blood makes you significant. That's right. Yeah. So whether or not you feel like you're being used as you think you should be or not, the love of God should come into your heart and say, relax. God's working on you even when you're not working for him. Right. Mm. Ooh, that's tweetable right there. Yeah. Say God's that again. working God's working on you even when you're not working for him. Where's my phone? Mm. I can tweet that. Mm. <laughs> tweet that. Right. Go ahead. No, you got that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, number two. Okay. So number two is uh we know that the love of God flows through us in our gifts when we are kind towards others in their use. So mm. love is kind, right? Now, what does it mean to be kind? Because kind could be just a generic term. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I give you a card, I must be kind. Or mm-hmm. I open the door for you, I must be kind. Well, in the Bible, kind is, kindness is always related to uh, doing tangible good for others. Okay. Showing kindness. You That's can't right. be kind. Okay. You have to show kindness. That's good, yeah. It's the act of kindness. So one of the biggest acts of kindnesses in the Bible is forgiving other people. Mm, which is something tough that, for yeah, a lot of Christians. Yeah. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of Christians struggle with this. But for Ephesians 4.32, Paul ties kindness to forgiveness because he says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one, another, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Wow. Kindness is exercised in forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Kindness is exercised when you show the goodness of God to people who don't necessarily deserve it or haven't treated you rightly mm-hmm. you know in your opinion right yeah. right and so that's kindness we sh- so i know that the love of god is flowing through me when i can be forgiving and loving toward others in ministry service right without holding on to grudges mm-hmm. without you know keeping score and keeping track of all their wrongs against me that's, mm. that's kindness yeah. number 3 the love of god flows through us in our gifts when we are not seeking our own glory mm. but that's a that's a Subtle one. I can yeah. be subtle. But this is what he means by saying it. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant, rude, and mm. it does not insist on its own way. When you are constantly trying to be important, when you are constantly trying to be the best, when you are constantly comparing yourselves to other people for good or for bad, right. you are not acting in love. Mm. Yeah. The love of God in your heart is selfless love. If you love your ministry because of how it makes you feel, that is self-love. That is not God-love. Right. So he's saying that you know you're seeking those greater gifts. 
Again, remember, in the context of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, the love chapter is in the middle to say that your spiritual gifts have got to be undergirded by a love that God has supernaturally given you through the Holy Spirit, and that supernatural giving, that supernatural love given to you by the Holy Spirit will never cause you to seek your own mm, glory. Right, yeah. yeah. Think about the, the Trinity, and I say this all the time, uh, it comes from Tim Keller, one of my preaching heroes. But when you think about the Trinity, all three members of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are all three constantly glorifying the other two members yeah, of the Trinity. That's true. Yeah. Jesus talks up the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Yep. But the Holy Spirit testifies to the goodness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. The Father says from heaven, this is my beloved Son. Right. Listen to him. You know, I'm well pleased with him. So you see constant communication with the Trinity in the Scriptures yeah. as they just seek to extol the gifts and the attributes of the others. Mm -hmm. And this is the unity that Jesus prays for in his church in John 17. I pray, Father, that they will be one as you and I are one. That if we're going to be the church, then we should be seeking to glorify and magnify the gifts of one another. Right, right? yeah. Not my gifts. Which goes against our our flesh, our nature. You know, That's why you know it's of God. There's a great proverb that says, let another praise you and not your own mouth. Yeah, that's That's a good point. Yep. So if you're always thinking about how you got to give your resume to people, mm-hmm. if you're always thinking about how you got to talk up your your uh, church involvement in the past or how God has used you in the past, oh, yeah. and you got to constantly remind people you're compensating for something. Mm-hmm. And what it really boils down to is there's a lack of the love of God in your heart. Mm, wow. It's leaked out of you. Yeah. It may have been there in the beginning, but somehow you what started with good intentions to love others became a selfish agenda to love yourself. Wow. And I'll tell you something, as, as I've been involved in ministry now for 20 years, I've seen even that own tension in my own heart. Uh, do I love preaching or do I love people? Mm-hmm. Do I love pastoring in the position you know, and the, and the recognition that I might get from it, or do I love people? Right. This is something that I have to wrestle with. Sure. And everybody in Christ has to wrestle with. That's why these scriptures are there. Right. right. Help us. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so recognizable is that people aren't, who usually are giving love are looking for some, some sort of self, you know, uh, lift up or they're looking for some sort of thing that makes them feel better and i think that's why people can understand it in such a different light and see when there's real love there because mm-hmm. it goes in places that you don't expect it to go yeah, yeah. because it's coming from a place that you don't expect it from it too. comes from that's a place you don't expect yeah, it. that's, that's right and it's uh so if it's the love of god it will never be seeking its own glory mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. number four the love of god flows through us in our gifts when we are not easily upset slash offended oh. mm. Oh. I just knocked out a we, lot of people off the list. <laughs> we, we need to nest here for a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like it. Because he says love is not irritable or resentful. And again, I, let me talk about resentful first, because resent is a two-part English word. It comes from two parts, re meaning again, and sentiment meaning to think. Okay. So when you are filled with resentment, you think about something again and again uh, and again, and you never let it go. Yeah. You think about that hurt. Oh, I can't believe what happened to me. Oh, I can't believe what they said to me. Oh, I can't believe it. And if you are one of those people, you're never letting go of what people have done to you. You are going to be in a hard haul in the Christian life for until Jesus comes again. Right. I mean, it, you can't, you cannot keep thinking about all the harm that is done, has been done to you. This is why the gospel being preached into you is so important because the gospel reminds you that you have received by God's amazing grace a life you did not deserve. Right. Why? Because Jesus took the life you did not deserve. He took the punishment of pain you certainly deserve. And he gave you a life that you did not earn and did not deserve. So there cannot be resentment for how people have treated you badly when you're baptized and truly immersed in the gospel of God's love Mm. for you. Yeah. The unfairness of the gospel, the the un the yep. scandalous nature of yeah. the gospel. This, the word scandalon is a Greek word that Paul uses in re- reference to the gospel. It is an offense. He says it's an offense. The word Greek in Greek is scandalon. It is a scandal to people yeah. mm. that God in heaven, in all the ancient religions, we gotta worship the gods, we gotta give up our children, we gotta give up our blood, we gotta cut ourselves and, and deny ourselves, and then maybe the gods will be pleaded with. No, Christianity says, no, wait, wait. God has actually done that for you. Mm. He gave his blood. He gave his son. He gave his child for you. Wow. Unfair. What an offense. Mm-hmm. So how can we hold on? How can we have those resentments? Yeah, We've got to let we them shouldn't. Go. We shouldn't. Go. And uh, so I know I'm operating in the love of God when I'm not easily offended. And let's talk about offense because, man, offense is, if ever there was a non-Christian adage that was true, it is this. Offense is taken. 
not given. <laughs> we take offense. That's true. Yeah. We take offense. Yeah. I mean, we think but about But we this. put it on the other person always. Yeah. I can't believe that they did that. Or, and right. sometimes we read into people the wrong way or we misinterpret their statements and, and we let something hurt us uh, for weeks. And the person who... Had who, no idea. Yeah, yeah. They don't even know. And yeah. texting and emails like kind of do that too because you take the emotion out of it. Yes. So it's, oh, you take it the wrong way. You're yeah. offended and yes. nobody meant that. And it's coming know? from an insecurity too because you're already yeah. expecting this thing. Even though right. it's you're not there, you read into things. You're you know? taking yeah. it, looking for it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you when you read something from someone, it's never, it, you can't right. read into it their their mood. Right. So you got to be careful about what people that. do. And to Noah's point, yeah, they're putting their own emotions in, into it. Yeah. Let's talk about gifts, too, because, again, this is about the gifts. So we're using our gifts. Say we use our gifts for, for God's glory. We're involved and we're really, you know, it seems like we're cooking with gas in, in, in our gift with God and, and mm. really serving the body. And then and then someone <laughs> comes and says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give this opportunity to somebody else. Right. Thank you for serving. Can you move on to something else? And we're going to give, and maybe we're going to give that person the gift that you, the opportunity that you have because they that person actually is more gifted in that area for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something yeah. that a lot of Christians struggle with Yeah, to surrender their, op- to surrender their position for that person that might be more gifted because what they can't possibly, what they struggle to see is, well, God's going to take you to another place. Mm. He's going to take you to a place right. where you really truly are gifted. That's for. right. Yeah. If you just trust him in that process and let go of what you were trying to hold on to, you're going to see that God's going to give you a better gift. Yeah, trust in him. And I think about this as a church pastor because I've done this many times where we have said the singers, this is something about microphone people. We say, oh, great job. You've done a great job for us. However, we've got this more talented singer that's coming in yeah. and they're going to sing instead of you and watch the flames fly. You know, watch the sparks fly. It doesn't happen anymore in our church, thank God. Yeah. But for a long time, we've had people on the mics and we take the mic away or we say, look, you know, your season here is over and they can't handle it. They literally fall to pieces yep. They lit- and they leave the church, which just tells me yeah. you weren't serving Jesus. You were serving the microphone phone right right you weren't serving god you were serving the opportunity to be important and so if you are easily offended because there's a point in which some christian leader comes to you and says hey time's up here we're going to move you over here and give you this gift instead and we're going to put this person in that place man check your heart yeah Mm. because the love of god says amen whatever is good for the kingdom right exactly whatever makes jesus more known in my context amen yeah for that yeah it changes from a failure to a victory you know a different person that god is using to change that situation that's the hardest yeah look at the good of it you look at your failures you're like i didn't do it enough or even if even on you know that term yes because not everybody feels that way like i didn't do enough right Right. yeah no a lot of people would internalize it and not see it as okay god's lifting somebody else up and we're going to all benefit from this Mm. yeah so again, all resolving around this idea that in the church, counter to culture, talent is not God. Mm. God is God. Amen. So don't worship the talent. Don't worship. Don't fall at the uh, sir. Worship at the altar of uh, being important, being mm. in front, being recognized, being awarded. Let the world do that. Yeah. We are the church of Jesus, and we have got to bear cultural witness to the world that there's a different way to live and it's a way that is not all about getting praised and getting recognized yeah why because the love of god again has been shed abroad has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit a selfless love an others centric Mm. love all right moving forward then he gets into the positives of what love does. He says, love bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things, never ends. Uh, and then he gets into the, what ceases, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But I got three more tests for the love of God from that verse. Okay? So number five on the list is that we know we are, the, we know the love of God flows through us in our gifts when we are bearing all things. And in the NIV here, it, could, it says it always protects. So I'm acting in love with my gifts when I... Um, when I use them for the sake of those who may not appreciate them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Sometimes we fall into the appreciation trap. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I want people to really say they like it. Mm-hmm. I want people to really show me that I matter to them. Oh, I need people to say that I did a good job. Right. And I'll tell you, this is my struggle. <laughs> I was the youngest of three children. I was the baby of the family. I was yeah. getting praised <laughs> for not pooping my pants. Right. <laughs> you did so it. So I bring that right into my adulthood. <laughs> right. And uh, and I, this is something that the Lord has weaned me off of over the course of my adult life. And I'm thankful for this to get away from needing uh, verbal affirmation yeah. for using the gifts that God gives me. Right. Yeah. Now you guys know this at Waters Church. I love a good amen. 
Amen. But I want you to amen, not because I'm preaching well, but but that the word is right. Yeah. Like that's what amen means. Right. A- that word is right. Amen. Yeah. Agreeing people, with God, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And some people don't get this. But when somebody says amen in the church, mm-hmm. they're not saying amen because they got that down. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Very important. Saying, amen. I do that. And all these people yeah. around me should be doing that, too, Pastor. Yeah. They're not doing that. No, it's They're not. saying Amen. That's right. I needed to hear that. Right, right. That's and that's what, that's what an amen is. Uh, now, amens are not necessary, but here's back to the point is that if you're using your gifts because you need that appreciation from people, you're mm. not, again, w- walking in the love of God. Mm. You are walking in the love of self. And we've got to be careful about this yeah. because these things are going to burden you unnecessarily with this, right. am I doing it right? Am I good enough? Am, oh, I'm not. And here's a, here's a big thing. Am I as good as that person? Because if I'm not as good as that person, then I, maybe I shouldn't even try. Ooh. And maybe yeah. they're better than me. So why should I even ever have a chance of doing that again? Yeah. Watch out for that trap. Because yeah. that's huge in the church. People never step up to the plate because they feel this insecurity. Well, they do it so much better. No, they may not necessarily do it so much better. They just might do it differently. Right. Yeah, it's true. And they might do that in a way that benefits people that you, the way you do it doesn't benefit those people, but it benefits a whole different group of people. Right. I'm speaking particularly here about preaching because preaching is a trap for many people to say, well, I don't preach as good as that person, so maybe I shouldn't even try. Well, wait a second. Your preaching should not be measured as if you're a, an American Idol contestant. Right. Yeah. It should yeah. be measured by uh, the heart that you have for God's people and the effectiveness of the word mm-hmm. in that in that presentation. Um, and, and again, beyond the preaching, whatever gift that God has given you, the gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the, the gift of miracles, faith, healing, those things. You know, maybe you've heard stories of people who have prayed and it seems like everybody they pray for has been healed. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And so mm-hmm. you, in the insecurity, say, I shouldn't even try. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Or, or I tried once and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess I don't have that gift. Doesn't work. Again, yeah, don't do that. Regardless of the results, regardless of the appreciation you may or may not feel, don't fall into that trap that stops you from moving out in faith in your gift. So he says, believes all things. Let's talk about that because we know the love of God flows through us in our gifts. Number six, when we believe all things, um, and by believe all things, he's not talking about gullibility here. Okay, don't believe right. Yeah. Everything. He's not talking about yeah. Christians are not gullible. They're not called to be gullible. Ooh, I believe that. Whatever. Whatever you tell me, I believe. <laughs> um, what, he, what he's saying here is that we have a positivity in mm-hmm. our spirit, that we are operating in our gifts in the love of God when we have a positive attitude about it. Right. So regardless of the immediate results we may see, mm-hmm. we still have a positive foresight. We have a positive attitude and outlook toward the future. It's going to be better. It's going to do something positive. Yeah. And I think about how God is always working even when we don't see him working. Mm. And that's why you serve, and sometimes you don't see the results, but you keep serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you keep that attitude of positivity. I told this story last year uh, on the stage, and I want to say it here in the in podcast. A long time ago, I went to a pastor's conference. I was about five years into pastoring this church, about five years in, so 10 years now. And I remember talking to this guy. He was in ministry a long time, and I said, I said, how are you doing? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said what he was doing. He said, how are you doing? I said, oh, man, I am loving it. Uh, it is so fun to be a pastor. Mm. Oh, and yeah. I'll never forget, his yeah. sc- he just had a scowl on his face. He said, fun. And he said, talk to me in 20 years and tell me if it's fun. And I, and I remember that conversation vividly. And yeah. I, said, wow. I said to the Lord in that moment, right after that conversation, Lord, please, 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 never let me get to that place. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I never want to get to that place where I'll... Do that to some young kid. Yeah, what a disservice to it. Oh, yeah. Lord, no. So you got to have a positive attitude. Yeah. What's, the, what's the alternative to being positive? Being, being miserable. Yeah. Being miserable. Who wants that? You know, the rest of the world. We are the people of the empty grave. Friend. Amen. There's, right. there's always a reason to be positive, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're, what's going on in your heart or your brain or your life right now. You are the people of the empty grave. And because the grave is empty, one day you too will be raised to new life. Mm -hmm. Be positive. And this little blip, this little blip of history and human history in this age will be such so minuscule Mm. in comparison to the glories of heaven, the eternity of the new heaven and the new earth. So stay positive. Number three, we know we are operating in the love of God and our gifts when we endure all things. So let's talk about endurance because endurance is something that a lot of Christians lack. Because a lot of Christians are under the false impression that everything's going to go smoothly the moment you step out in faith and start serving God. Yeah. Oh, and it's just no. not the case. No. Often gets worse. It actually gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, think about uh, Abraham. So God calls him, leave your father, leave your family, leave the house that you know, and go to the land I will show you, and I'll make you a great nation, da 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 da, da. You know, so he has this vision of family and children and sons, and he goes out there, and he waits for 25 years, nothing. Nothing. In fact, he has to fight a war. Um, mm. He has no property of his own. Uh, you know, he has to run around here and there. He has to go to Egypt because there's a famine. I mean, bad things start happening from the moment he starts following God's word. Right, right. <laughs> and for a long time, like Sam, yeah. And you've got to know this, Christian. The difference between an Abraham and somebody who you never hear of in faith is endurance. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. You want to be. You want to be remembered. You want your life to count. Endure the dark seasons. Endure the difficult uh, moments because we all have them. Yeah. And endurance is the X factor between the people who last and the people who don't. Uh, I think about this. There is going to be, as you serve God in your gift, there's going to be long seasons where you are in drought in ministry. Mm, right. Where you see no results. Yeah. There's going to be long seasons. There will be times in ministry when you don't see as much um, impact as you once had. You're going to have to press through those seasons. Yeah. Sometimes those seasons are an opportunity for you to say, maybe I need to work on myself. Yeah. yeah. Get better at something. Yeah you, yeah. Ha- yeah, you haven't arrived. I did this about six years ago. I went back to, sco- went back to school, went to seminary, got my master's degree mm-hmm. about six years ago. It was the best decision I could have made. Mm-hmm. The worst decision I could have made was, no, I've arrived. I know all I need to know in the Bible, so yeah. I'm done. Right. No. Nobody's there yet. Yeah. And going back to school, it revived me. It got me some knowledge and insight that I didn't have previously, some perspective. It was wonderful. So sometimes when you're going through those tough seasons, maybe it's an opportunity for you to say, wait, what can I do to build myself up for yeah. the next season? Yeah, maybe God's given you that time to rest to work on yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think about the seasons of nature. And the seasons of nature, all, all the creation, I believe, speaks to us about God and speaks to us about the faith experience. Uh, case in point, Jesus always used agricultural parables to right. talk about the kingdom. So yeah. I think that the whole creation teaches us about God yeah. and his word. It not, no, the whole creation is not God. That's pantheism. But the whole creation right. reflects the yeah. glories of God, right? Yeah. Right, right? So we have four seasons. We have uh, spring, f- summer, fall, and winter. And Even in New England, we have yeah, four. Especially yeah, especially. Yeah. So, so it's like winter. Get two. I thought it was just winter, spring. but okay. <laughs> sometimes we get two. Yeah, yeah. I'm being negative. I, I got to check yeah, myself. Negative, yeah, I got to right. check myself on this. Okay. So in the in the in the ministry world, I think that there's a spring season where you're getting off to a good start, and mm. things start blossoming, and things start growing, and you see the potential, and wow, 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 wow. And then there's summer season where you're really like digging down, and you're sweating a lot, but you're not seeing a lot of results. Right. And then there's the fall season, which is harvest, and you see the results. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, look at this. Look at this. But then winter comes, mm. and winter you see nothing, and winter nothing grows, and nothing mm. is live, and it feels like deadness, and you feel like, oh my goodness, is it over <laughs> for me? No, it's just a season. Right. It's just a season. And I think uh, botanists will tell us that the roots in winter are doing something in the soil to prepare them for the spring. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think in our whole spiritual yeah. lives, those winter seasons are where those spiritual roots are going deep and working into the soils of our hearts to get us ready for that upcoming spring season. Right. That's good. And we're going to see a greater yeah. result in the in Even the, when you don't future. think God's working, he's working. Yeah. Okay, verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. What basically Paul is going to do here, what he constantly does is he brings the age to come into bear on the age that is now. This is classic Pauline strategy when he's discipling people. Mm -hmm. And I love it because he is famous for this. Don't focus on what's right now. Yeah. Mm. Don't let this become consuming. Don't get sucked into the vortex of the temporal. That's right. Yeah. You've got to have moments where you allow the the next age to come when Jesus returns mm-hmm. and establishes his his kingdom for everlasting. You have to have moments where that age, the the reality of that age and the fact of that age and the theology of that age breaks in on this age in your brain. That's good, yeah. You've got to do this regularly and routinely. This is why you come to church because all week long you're out there thinking on horizontal terms mm. and when you come into Waters Church or we're coming into your home, your home church, wherever that is, immediately the worship goes up and we're not singing about ourselves. We're singing about God. We're singing about heaven. We're singing about redemption. Mm-hmm. We're singing about the new heavens and the new These are important realities that yeah. we have got to allow to break into this age or we will go insane mm. yeah think about the future <laughs> we yeah. will go crazy getting sucked into the vortex of the here and now 
And so that's what he says here. I, um, I heard it said like this before. It's a sports metaphor, but a guy once said, I skate where the puck's going, not where it is. Mm. I just thought Wayne of that. Gretzky. Yeah, I just thought of that when you said that because, you know, you're, you're going, you're working with the Holy Spirit. Where's it going? Yeah. You know, let's not worry about yeah. where it's been or where it currently is. Where's it going? Yeah, Wayne so. Gretzky said that. Yeah. That's why it was so amazing. Yeah. Uh, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So here Paul goes again. He's calling the Corinthians a bunch of children. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love Paul. And he's basically saying, guys, listen, you've got to do this too. You've got to grow up. And you got to put away these childish ways. Take getting offended so easily mm. is childish. Right. Uh, being all about your own glory and recognition is childish. Needing appreciation for everything you do is childish. Yeah. Mm. These are childish ways. Put them away. Get over those things. Grow up in Christ. Yeah. I am amazed, and we talked about this in the pre-meeting, that longevity in Christianity does not always equate to spiritual maturity. Mm. Yeah, you think you'd grow more and more and more, but oftentimes you see people almost give up with in the lack church of for endurance. Decades. Yeah. In the church for decades. Get offended over something. And they're something. still getting offended over simple stuff. Yep. It's like, what the? <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing? Where's the love? There should be growth. There should be maturity. And I think about how Paul says this is called adulting. Adulting, to, to yeah. The millennials, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is adulting. I'm adulting today. Okay? So adulting is stopping getting offended, stopping feeling wounded, stopping feeling like, oh, where's my appreciation? That's adulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the difference between a child and an adult is the ability to not need instant gratification. Yeah, yeah that's what we were talking about. We Just talking that, about that, that short-term love right now, fill this right now, this yeah. need right now. But yeah. then when it comes when a parent's lost in the grocery store and you're on your own, yeah. what do you do? Right. You know, think about a child. A child, as soon as a hunger pain happens in the stomach, screaming, crying comes out of the mouth. Right. The difference between a child and adult is when a when an adult gets hungry, he can wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he doesn't have to go. Ah, ah, <laughs> you know? That would signify lunch a little differently every day in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the difference between an adult and a child. Wow, yeah. And I think like we have to get to that point as Christians where we're growing up and not every not every disturbance has to be vocalized. Yeah. Has to be expressed. We can we can delay gratification. And I'm going to tell you people, there will be appreciation. There will be award. Mm. There will be recognition mm-hmm. from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done, heaven. good and faithful servant. That's right. Yep. I, I'm waiting for that appreciation. Yeah. Yep. I don't necessarily need your appreciation. Right. And the more I let the next world break in on this world, the better off I'm going to be. The mm. more equipped I'm going to be. It's good. To serve from a heart of love. Yeah. So verse 12, he says, For now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I fully know. And basically what he's saying is, look, all that you know about God right now is like looking into a mirror, but there's nothing as, as clear as looking face to face. So you're going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the people out there, you're struggling with what God, where God has you. You're struggling with the results you're seeing. You're, you're struggling with what's going on right now in your, quote-unquote, ministry, which is not really your ministry. It's God's ministry through right. you. But you've got to know that you're not going to have a, the clear picture yet. Right. You're going, you see, right now, the reality is dim. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said like this. Um, in this life, heaven is like a dream. Okay. You think about heaven as like a dream. Yeah. But in heaven, this life will seem like a dream. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this life gets dim. That life gets real. Yeah. And so don't expect to always feel like, okay, I know exactly what's happening here. I understand every season that I might be. You just, this is, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Don't we know trust everything. by faith. Sure. That's right. Got to have right? some faith. And so lastly, he says, so now faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest of these is love. Every part has a function. Everybody Every part of the body has a function that benefits the body, and we do it in love because oh. that's the only thing that remains. So let's not disconnect again from the context. So again, right into 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, and I'm going to do this real quickly. He says, pursue love. No, so in, in light of that, pursue it. Mm. Pursue the love of God and then earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts are great, but yeah. pursue love first so that when the spiritual gifts are ministered out right. of you, it is done in those ways that help people and bless the body and not become about you right so the big question has to be how do i pursue love 
And I got a AAA point here. AAA. AAA Call yeah. AAA. Okay. All right. Not the literal AAA. This AAA. Number one, this is how we receive the love of God. First, we remember that love comes from God. Romans 5, 5. Shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. First John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. Right. So three A's. Number one, if you want the love of God in your life, ask him for it. A, ask him for it. Mm. Philippians 1, 9. Paul says, it is my prayer that your love, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. Mm. In Ephesians 3.15, he says, I'm praying that you might know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. We, If love comes from God, yeah. the only way you get anything from God ask, is ask. Ask, for it. Right? ask and you shall receive. Yeah. So ask with faith. Father, I'm praying. I think about how many prayers do we throw up to heaven and have nothing to do with love? Lord, heal my son. Yeah. Lord, get my car to start today. Lord, give me a new job. Lord, give me a new location. Lord, give me a new job, whatever, a new opportunity in life. What about, Lord, give me more of your love. Help me to feel your love. Help me to know your love. Help me to mm. walk in your love. Ask him for it. He'll Which would it solve so many of those other problems people are asking for. Yeah. Yeah. So second A is this, abide in Christ. And we talked about this a couple I, of weeks ago in yeah. part two of um, Recharge. Check it out. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Mm. So that means spend time in his family. Spend time with his word. Spend time in prayer with him. Spend time with other Christians in small group, in a relationship. That's how you abide in Christ. Mm. He says, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. What's his commandment? To stay together, to love one another, to believe on him and to serve the body and to love one another. And the love of God will grow up in you. And then, so you, you spend time with Christ. And then number three, the last day is Act in love regardless of how you feel. Act in love, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're not going to feel like loving others. Mm-hmm. Right. Love them anyway. Yeah. Love is not a feeling. It is a command. Look what Jesus says. Verse mm. 12 of John 15. This is my commandment that you love one another even as I have loved you. Notice that he doesn't say, this is my commandment that you feel love. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that you might be feeling love. No. Sometimes you're not going to feel like loving anybody. Mm. And if you stay there, you're never going to feel it. Mm. But I have found that you can, your body, your bodily functions can tell your emotions what to feel. Yeah. yeah. If you, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for, I'll, I'll tell you something. Sometimes I get really down in the dumps on a, like, on, especially when I'm doing nothing and I got too much time on my hands or I'm just like Sunday, especially on Sunday afternoon, like the weekend high is over. Right. I'm, it's Sunday. I'm sitting there watching too much TV and just hanging around the house and it just feels bored. Well, so I, I have to force myself to do this. I, ha- I go outside and I go for a run. Yeah. Or I go for a bike ride. And I can't tell you, after the physical activity, right. how much better I feel emotionally. Yeah, right? that's so true. Yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah. So your physical activity mm-hmm. can dictate your emotions. Right. The problem with Americans is we let emotions dictate physical activity. Ooh, right. Ooh, so we yeah. can stop that. And <laughs> God, Jesus would not have called love a commandment if it wasn't something that you do regardless of your feelings. Right. Yeah. Feelings and it be- will come after. Yeah. And then it becomes muscle memory. You're doing it so much. You're being physical and it starts to become every day. Like yeah. you, don't, you don't choose yeah. to run. You're just like, I have to run. It becomes you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, and this, there you go, applies to marriage too. You might be in a marriage where the love is lacking. Well, do things that are loving toward one another. Yeah. Mm. The Bible says, uh, uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. You're always fighting, 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 fighting. Well, if you keep fighting, 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 you'll always be fighting, 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 fighting. Why not just say something nice? <laughs> there you go. Even if you don't feel like yeah, it. Yeah, why not just, yeah, as you, as, it might be through your teeth. You look so good. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, act in love. So ab- ask, for, ask for God's love. Pray for it. Abide in Christ's presence, in his word, in, among his people, um, in prayer. And three, act in love regardless of feelings. And I think that's how you get God's love to be filled up in your life mm. through the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then ultimately, you will live it out in the gifts that God has given you. And it will help people and it will bless people. And most importantly, friends, it will change the world. Amen. It's mm. good. Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Do we have any questions? Yeah, we have uh, one so question quick. so far. Um, it says, being optimistic can be tedious tasks during lonely times. How do you ask in prayer for not giving up on getting your prayers answered? Okay. Say it again. Yep. <laughs> I could catch 20 uh, make sure I have How do you ask in prayer for not giving up on getting your prayers answered? Uh, well, you've got to, this is, I think that sometimes you have to hear from other people who have been there. This is why a church family is so important because you will hear testimonies. Right. I buried a guy like three years into pastoring this church. 
uh, whose wife prayed for him to come to Christ for 30 years. Wow. wow. You know when he came to Christ? When I went to visit him in the hospital a week before he died. Wow. Came to Christ on that bed. Wow. It was a holy moment. I couldn't believe it myself. He received Christ, and the next week he was with him. Wow. She prayed for 30 years. Yeah. She's still in our church. And um, so you've got to hear stories like that. You've yeah. got to hear testimonies of how God has answered prayer in people's yeah. lives who have prayed for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Bible says about Abraham, he hoped against hope for mm. a son. He knew that it would come. He didn't see it for years. It eventually yeah. came. This is the Christian testimony. This is what. This is why those stories are in the Bible, right? right. <laughs> so that we learn. Uh, you know that Romans passage which says these things were written in the Scriptures so that by endurance we might have hope mm-hmm. through the encouragement and endurance of the Scriptures we might have hope. Right. And um, so we've got to hear from other people. And then I think this is a key: is the Scripture in Galatians, I think six nineteen. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in the due season we shall reap a harvest if we do not give up Mm -hmm. so don't just be about praying for things but be about doing things yeah do not be weary in doing good let us not grow weary in doing good that's what it says in galatians 6 19 i think Mm. so do something good even as you're praying for something over here and it may not have anything to do with what you're praying for but keep doing that good because god will honor that good right and you might see other things come to fruition in your life that you didn't see this thing yet, but that other stuff, now maybe there's a little bit of a distraction, mental distraction from what you're praying for. Meanwhile, you're still offering up those prayers. Mm. And it could be building your faith, too, as you're yeah. working in love. Any other questions? Uh, it doesn't seem like it so far. Okay, thank you for the question. Thank you for being here on the Deep End Podcast. We will see you next week. This was the Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.